What's up, everybody? I'm Mark Farrell, the jeweler, and welcome to the Jewelers Philosophy Podcast. So I've been going through a lot of my uh, recordings that I've had. A lot of you know, probably at this point, that I uh, record a lot of the episodes in my car. And uh, I, I've been, I found a whole bunch of episodes that I recorded in um, December of 2020. And uh, currently I am sitting in Bangkok, Thailand in quarantine, waiting to get out of quarantine and go and manufacture my jewelry line, Elegant World. And so as I'm sitting here in quarantine, I am going through all of these different recordings and I'm finding that so many of these that I recorded um, are longer, right? They're 45 minutes or an hour, everything else like that. And they're a little jumbled. They're really good, but they've got some... Uh, they kind of trail and they, they get off topic and stuff like that. And so what I decided I was going to do was I'm chopping them up. A lot of these are going to become uh, one to two episodes. And the thing that's interesting is, is that when I go to chop them up, I'm actually finding that the continuity inside those chunks are a lot better. And so I wanted to come on here and kind of start framing some of these episodes. So this first episode is um, the first episode here is don't be afraid to course correct. Now, this idea of uh, course correction, right? And, and as an artist, not being afraid to course correct really came from my interview with Blaine Lewis from New Approach School for Jewelers uh, during for the Real Art Real Business Summit of 2020. And he had presented this idea that so many of us uh, in life, right? Just in general, that so many of us, we make a decision and we're afraid to stop and admit that we're wrong, go back and, and take the, the path back to um, our original uh, destination, right? It's a detour or something like that. And so this first part um, that uh, I've clipped out and that we're, we're calling the, the course correct episode um, is really about that interview and why we as artists, it affects us a little bit more. So uh, without any more, here is the episode, uh, Don't Be Afraid to Course Correct. I feel like as artists and entrepreneurs, we have this thing that we look at and we feel that when we make a decision that we need to see it through. And I think that this is a very true statement, but at the same time, I'm reminded of something that Blaine Lewis from New Approach School for Jewelers said on the Real Art Real Business Summit, and that was that you can't be afraid to realize when you may not be on the right path and when you need to course correct in your life. I feel that so many people, it's like they, they wanna prove something, so many artists, right? We wanna prove something so badly that we get into this vehicle that we think is going to take us somewhere. And, and it does. It takes us half of the way there, but then we realize that where it's going to end up may not be where we had hoped, but we're too afraid to get off because we feel like we're too far into it. And, and I'm not talking about quitting. Quitting means that you're going to stop doing something. You're not stopping. You just may need to course correct and figure out a different person, idea, or path to follow. And, and, and this episode is very much about that and why 
you can't be afraid of that when it's your life because at the end of the day, you need to make sure that what you're doing is good for you and following somebody is great, but you have to make sure that you're following the right person. So I'm gonna put in the intro and then we'll get going. So the big question is this, how are artists, jewelers, and art-based business owners like us who make our own products and run our businesses, how do we find the time and the money to push our creative limits and still grow and scale our companies? This is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Mark Farrell, the jeweler, and welcome to The Jeweler's Philosophy. What's up, everybody? I'm Mark Farrell, the jeweler. Welcome to the Jeweler's Philosophy Podcast. And today, we are talking about coaches and following people and having enough balls to realize and see the writing on the wall and gather what you've taken as good and maybe lick your wounds a little bit and move on. So in this podcast, I really want to talk about Uh, So, okay, as most of you know, if you've been listening or watching the show, that I signed up for earlier this year, I signed up for a $30,000 coaching program. It was through ClickFunnels, it's 2CCX, it was with Russell Brunson. That's how I learned how to do the summit and other stuff like that. And it's a great program. It's really, really awesome. The thing that's a problem so far for me is that it's teaching me a lot about my skills and things like that, my attitude and and framing a lot of things for me in my talking career, which I already said in an earlier show that I am 2021, I am focused on making money with my speaking career. And so that is, that's really exciting. And that really frames and puts into words and, and examples and stuff like that on how to achieve that in a really great way. But the other thing is that as an artist, I need to make things. And the problem with the program is that it's very much based on that it's not about the things that you make. It's about making things for an audience that will pay for it. And though I don't disagree with that as an artist, I know that. I mean, 90% of the things that I make are commissioned pieces. I know this all too well. I have to tailor my skills, my ideas, my designs, my stuff like that to meet other people's needs, people that are paying for it, right? I can't just say, they can't come in and be like, I want to make an engagement or, you know, I want an engagement ring. And I'm like, oh man, I got this great idea for a pendant, right? I can't do that. Like I still have parameters and I still have to, I'm still making things for a customer. And if you don't think that that's true, you're wrong, right? Like there needs to be, we all need to realize as art-based business owners, we need to realize that we have customers and clients and those customers and clients want very specific things from us. It's our job to find the ways and push the things that they want out a little bit and change the things that they're looking for so it's not just based on price and and other things like that and meeting only their needs because they're coming to us obviously for a reason. But so today I was talking with my coach who in the program, right? The program that, I, that I'm in, the 2CCX, it's very large. And so we get these video tutorials and then we've got independent coaches that help us like weed through and walk through and everything else like that, right? And it was really great. Well, my coach, because of downsizing and cuts and stuff like that, ended up being let go. So I reached out to him because he, I've been working with him personally one-on-one 
in my personal life for other things along with business. And I was chatting with him and he had mentioned some other things and I was telling him some of the problems that I was having and everything else like that. And, you know, it, it really made me, after a two hour discussion with him, I knew I had to come on here and I had to do an episode about this because, you know, 2020 for me was really about building a team, right? I mean, I talked about this a lot with the Real Art Real Business Summit and being greater than the sum of your parts and collaborations and all of these things, right? These are all team building exercises. And, and it was really interesting because the more I did with a team, the more I realized that I didn't, I wasn't alone right? That I'm not in this, this bubble. And, and I would, I would venture, you know, I'm, I'm telling you this because I want you all to realize the same thing, right? You are not alone. We as artists are not alone. I feel that we are so in this, we're in our own bubble so much that we feel like we're the only ones that can do it. And we're the only ones with these ideas and everything else like that. But we all freely admit that there are no new ideas, right? Like everything I'm doing is a combination of other people that I've met or other ideas that I've seen or other things, right? Like at this point in the game, there are no new original ideas. It's all a combination. And I've talked a lot about building a team. So 2020 for me was a team building exercise, right? Build a team, figure out who you really need in your corner and learn how to work with these people to get things accomplished. And I did that. I did that with the summit. I continue to do that with a lot of the other stuff with my videographers and my podcast editor and my coaches and stuff like that. And, it, and it's really great. And so now 2021 is really focusing on what do I do with all these people that I've gathered, right? Like I've got them for, uh, for a goal. And my goal is to be bigger than the sum of my parts, right? I want to make a jewelry line. I want to make a career speaking, right? But, and I know what I want to do in those businesses that I'm, that I'm working on, right? I want to be the creative director. I want to be the mastermind between the look and the feel of the line because I'm going to be making all of the pieces, but I'm not going to be manufacturing them for consumers in bulk right? I'm going to be building that. As an artist, I get to choose who I do business with already, right? Like I only do business with a few metal companies because I like their metal. I only do business with a few gemstone companies because I like them. Same thing with diamonds. And it's like, I don't need to be thrown to the wolves. Like I've been doing this long enough that I get to choose who I do now. You know, I get to choose who I'm dealing with. And, and I think that this is something to be, you know, that, that is, is really important to talk about because so many people don't believe that that is true. I mean, you've made your process, right? You have designed who you've gathered that information from, that you have done all these different things and now it's like you're combining all of these different things together to make your product and your process. Everything that you've learned, you've taken from somewhere else and then you've tweaked and altered and changed to fit the things that you need it to do for your business, right? For your process. And now looking at scaling what being an artist really means isn't, doesn't mean that I'm, that, that anything is going badly or anything else like that. It's now just saying that I need to be able to produce more work than in volume than I'm able to. But that means that I get to decide who makes it, who supplies it, who everything, right? And so now I'm on this whole other end that I get to build this whole new process, this whole new system of how to manufacture and deliver my product to the masses, essentially, 
right? And and this is really interesting and, and I'm excited because I'm going to end up leaving the program that I'm in, the, the coaching program that I'm in, like I said, it's $30,000. It's designed to be a whole year, but I'm seeing the pitfalls a little bit in the program itself. And I'm not above saying, look, I this is good. I've learned a ton and everything else like that. But now everything that's in there is old videos, right? It's other information that I can already get. I already have. I already know this stuff because I've read his books. I'm consuming his other content. It's like I don't need it spoon fed to me and I can work with my coach on a different level that is more in line of what I wanted, which is very personalized. It's personal phone calls and they're solving my problems, right? I have problems in my businesses that I need help solving and that's what we're going to do. We are going to solve my business problems. And this is more in line of what I was hoping slash wanting out of the original coaching program. And so, you know, it's really interesting that now I get to make exactly what I want to make for the market that I know what they want, how they want it and, and, and everything else like that. And there's a lot of really exciting things on the horizon. It's like, you know, they say when a window is closed, a door is open or when a door is closed, a window is open, you know, and it's funny because I was feeling a little discouraged in the program, but I was like, nah, man, I got to stick it out. I got to, I don't have another avenue, right? I just got to stick with it and, and do it. That's what coaching is about. It's, it's not up for debate. It's basically, these are the steps, you do the steps and then you succeed, right? And it's interesting to, to look at that. And now, I'm looking at what that means for me and the problems that I've got in my business are twofold, you know, they're problems that nobody else in that program has got because nobody else is making their product. Nobody else is is literally sitting down and and creating the product from from nothing whereas art-based business owners like us that's exactly what we do, right? And everybody's like, "Oh man, it's so easy to get customers and clients." It, it is. Yes, I'm not saying it's not easy. It's very easy. The problem is, what do you do with all these people once you've got them? Because one, two, it's twofold. First, you've got to find them, and then two, you've got to deliver because you have to make all the product, right? And that's part of the issue. That's part of the problem. That's part of the, the conundrum that we have as art-based business owners is most times in marketing, it's get the person in and get them into this product. The problem is, is that when we're making the product, we have to answer that problem too. And so I don't know about you, but in, for me in years past, like I've gotten to my, my maximum output limit and I physically can't do any more in the vehicle that I'm in, right? As a one person shop, as a solo shop, as everything else like that, I can't do any more. And that's what I was hoping that this program was going to lead me down this path. Now it, it taught me a ton and I'm not saying it was not worth it because it absolutely was worth it, but seeing what's on the horizon and looking at the writing on the wall and having another opportunity, right? I mean, that's the other option is that having another opportunity. Think about it this way, right? I went to undergrad for art ed and I minored in ceramic sculpture and jewelry. I went and did the collegiate art design program for jewelry and ceramics and sculpture and I took gobs of art classes, right? And it was a ton of fun and I learned a lot, but I didn't learn how to make money with any of that. It was all skill-based, 
Now, the funny thing is, is that when I got out of school and then I went to trade school, that was all skill-based too. But it gave me the skills I needed that the industry that I was trying to get into had. It wasn't just make this piece of art to make a piece of art. It was learn how to service the customer, service the product, and get paid doing that. And so now I had these really, like I'm very different in the sense that I, I went and I did the art, classically trained artist end, got my messaging, got my ideas, got my brain, thoughts, patterns, everything else like that, knowing what I wanted to do as an artist together. Then I went and learned the skill end that actually paid my bills. And now I'm somewhere in the middle putting these two things together, figuring out how to make it. And the thing that I'm figuring out is you look at some of these companies, specifically in jewelry that are high-end art level mass-produced pieces like Tiffany and Company, like Cartier, like John Hardy, like David Yurman, you know, bigger end jewelry manufacturers that are still true to their artists. Like no jeweler is gonna look at Tiffany and Company and be like, oh man, that's not high level artistry because they've got the they've got the different pieces of it, right? They've got the blue book, they've got the Tiffany workshop, they've got they're making art pieces for movies and millionaires and stuff like that. Like it's still that, right? But now it's like I can weave in more of my own messaging and my more of my own everything. And you know, Blaine Lewis said in the very beginning of the podcast, I mentioned Blaine Lewis had mentioned during the Real Art Real Business Summit, so many people are afraid to stop and look around and realize that they, that they need to turn around. And I feel that as artists, right, we get that. How many of us have been, this is a huge nugget, right? How many of us have gotten into a project and we've got, we get halfway or three quarters of the way and we realize it's not gonna work and we try to keep making this bad piece turn itself around. Sometimes we can, but a lot of times, how many of us have had to stop and start again? I know I have, raise your hand. I mean, I've had to do that more times than I can count. I just had to do that. I, I sold this guy a design. His design was not very good. I sold him a better design. I went to go start working with it and the stone physically would not let me make the design I had sold him. I had to come back, I had to lick my wounds, and I had to tell him and say, look, I know I sold you on this design, but I physically can't make it with the stone that you provided, so let's rethink this. Here are the top three things that you wanted this, the piece to be. You wanted the stone to float, you wanted to have a couple other pieces of interest, but you really wanna showcase this really massive, huge, custom cut stone that you had made. I think the answer to all of these questions is this, and it's nothing like I previously sold you. That's hard to do, right? That's hard to admit, because I could have sat there and smashed my face up against the wall and saw that first design through. And in the past, that's what I would have done. Problem is that it's Christmas gift, and I need to ship it out by Wednesday, because right now it's Tuesday, and I just got it back from the appraisal, and I still have to go engrave the back of it. So I'm in this weird limbo, right? Sometimes the best way to solve your problem is to stop, look around, see the writing on the wall, realize that the vehicle that you're in sucks. And when I say the vehicle that you're in, like maybe it's the piece, maybe it's the design, maybe it's the technique, maybe it's the, the coaching program, 
Maybe it's the school, the education, the mindset, anything, right? The vehicle is the thing that is going to take you where you want to go, right? It's the thing that's traversing between point A and point B. And sometimes you need to see that the vehicle that you're in just isn't that good and that you really need a better vehicle. Now, this isn't a negative. This isn't something that you need to be worried about or think is bad or anything else like that. Sometimes it's just the vehicle. And it doesn't mean that it's not good. It got you halfway, but it needs to get you all the way, right? I, I think about the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. He's trying to get from, he's trying to get back home to Chicago. I think he's coming from New York. And it's like all these problems start happening, right? The flight is canceled, so he can't fly. There's no more car or he gets a car but then it's not there and he's got to do something different then he gets on a train and then he gets on a bus and then he's walking it's like you know the goal remains the same but the vehicle keeps on getting changed it's the same thing you keep your mind on the goal but sometimes you have to realize that the vehicle isn't the best vehicle for what you're trying to do right now for even more information about growing your art-based business head over to buffalocraft.com now there you'll find our most recent offers and be sure to sign up for our email list so you get the most up-to-date info about what we're doing and working on. While you're there, check out the Mill t-shirt. Head to buffalocraft.com now.